This is essential. 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 This is essential audio. Welcome to the Money Pot from Money 2020. I'm Sanjeev Kalida, editor in chief, and I'm here with Rachel Morrissey, our executive producer. What you been up to, Rachel? Hey, Sanj. To be honest, I've been thinking a lot about how much I miss community. It has me a little nostalgic, and it got me thinking about where we used to meet as kids. You know where I went, and this is really going to date me. But I met my friends at the mall. Do you remember hanging out at the mall? Oh yeah, I definitely remember hanging out at the mall, whether in Long Island, New Jersey, or Puerto Rico. <laughs> they were different, but they were the same. Yeah, you know. And I was thinking about what the mall actually was, and it was kind of this amped town square. I mean, you met friends. You roamed the bookstore, the clothing stores, the jewelry stores. You gossiped about who was cool and who was seen holding hands, and you heard bad music and you got French fries. I mean, it was dumb teenage stuff. But I had entire Saturday afternoons wasted at the mall. So it was more than just a store or two. It was a place to connect. What, what has you thinking about the mall? Well, PayPal announced their new super app. And I had a chance to talk to their head of global customer advocacy. I'm Dr. Tiffany Raymond, or you know, we're among friends, so Dr. T, I suppose, will work. And uh, I work at PayPal. I've been lucky enough to be here for seven years, and I lead global customer advocacy, which is part of our revenue enablement team. And the conversation has me thinking a lot about what we want a super app to be, and she described it as a natural outgrowth of their mission. We just released our super app, I believe is the term,、um, and PayPal was the sort of pioneer in digital wallets in that space,、um, and also really continues to be the sort of leader and innovator in digital wallets, which I think is a testimony to our way to continue to expand in ways that continue to be relevant to consumers and to merchants.、Um, and so I think within that. Experience. There's a lot in there that is kind of part of the purpose of the super app is really that unification of experience and functionality, and a really personalized dashboard. So this has me wondering, what do we want in a super app? And you're thinking that a true super app would carry a bit of the experience of being at a mall, more than just a shopping app. I mean, I tend to agree with her that this is a natural next step for PayPal. They are currently the most popular digital wallet in the U.S. and Europe. But if an app is going to be super, doesn't it have to do more than you know be a store? Doesn't it have to let me show off my new hair and my super cool boots? I mean, wh- what should it be? I-, I get what you mean. I-, I think we feel that commerce is about things you want to buy, but also sharing the experiences of window shopping. This is pretty important for a lot of merchants to nail down because e-commerce shopping is going to continue to grow. The pandemic has made sure of that. But truly, you know, the pandemic did trigger that hockey stick, right? As far as e-commerce growth, and that's impressive because e-commerce was already progressing at a very healthy clip before the pandemic came along. E-commerce experienced a 44% increase in growth, and in addition to that, contactless payments we saw also really jump from you know 28% to 46% during the pandemic, and those were not. 
as as suspected, those behaviors were not isolated to the pandemic. There's been a long tail there as far as consumers continuing with that behavior, even as the pandemic has sort of, you know, ebbed and flowed as, you know, we're not not quite out of it yet. Going back to the mall example, PayPal can be considered a category leader in a lot of markets. They're sort of like the big box store, like Best Buy, Dick's Sporting Goods, a PetSmart. They're a destination for a specific thing, but a mall is a place to hang out in. It was okay to meet your friends at the mall, but you're not going to meet your friends at PetSmart. Well, yeah, true. I mean, I guess that depends on who your friends are. But you're right. I mean, the mall experience, while focused on shopping, had much more. I mean, Tiffany talked about the PayPal experience beyond payments and how they work with merchants to make e-commerce more contextual. How do you create some of that kind of personality of the store experience, you know, and how do you translate that onto the, you know, online experience, right? Because suddenly, you know, I can't feel it. I can't, you know, the different ways I can interact with something is much more limited. And so what are those ways that you can kind of duplicate uh, that experience, right? And whether that's, okay, let's think about using chat on our product pages. Let's build comparison pages. Let's lean more into videos, user-generated content, reviews, those things that can add texture and richness so that you're not making a decision based on, okay, here's the front of something <laughs> and what it looks like. But, you know, how would this bike fit someone who's my height versus someone who's quite tall, right? What might be the best fit? So thinking about all of those different solutions and really creating creating a space in that online ecosystem where consumers can really feel like they have a full experience. I think that ecosystem point is very important. I mean, like a lot of things in fintech, it requires platform thinking and how participants can plug in and out. I mean, how do you have the right mix of consistency and variety? So true. I mean, depending on where you lived, the malls could be very different. Thinking about different anchor stores, I mean, which were usually department stores, or specialty retailers for items like books, toys, music, and pet stores. Again, with the pet stores. I mean, come on, admit it. You used to go to the mall and hang out in pet stores. Um, Actually, I, I did. I, I love to see how I could, you know, see these animals, but not have to take care of them. Well, Tiffany actually talked about how merchants engage consumers, be it in browsers or purchasers, to kind of extend their shopping experiences. One of the things we talk about with our merchants is you were talking about that sort of checkout experience, right? Where there's that sort of small talk element that can be kind of nice, right? And so how can you translate that to, you know, the physical package that you receive in the mail, right? Uh, is there some way to add that kind of, you know, human touch to things, right? Whether it's, you know, we have merchants who've done little handwritten cards. We have one who like put in a little thing of candy. You know, maybe it's just the way that it's wrapped and packaged. It feels like it was done with candy care or there's some kind of note in there. So those types of elements that can bring that kind of human quality to something and create a memorable experience so that when you're kind of going through that unboxing process of opening up whatever it is that you receive, that there's something in there that creates a little moment of delight that might be similar to what you would experience in that non-virtual format. And this brings up into other memories for me. I mean, I once went to a very nice store way out of my budget with a girlfriend. And she walked up to the makeup counter and immediately bought a lipstick. It was beautifully boxed. And of course, it was put in a sweet little store-labeled bag. And she turned to me and said, 
just buying a little respect because she knew if we were seen with the expensive store bag, we would get better service. And I think that this is the extent. I mean, customers are looking for the touches that mean we think you're special. That's a great example in memory. And while I don't have examples of like shopping for lipstick, you know, there were times I went shopping for music in specific stores because they were known to have edgier or more eclectic music choices. And I, I keep those bags longer than you know, some of the usual stores. A- actually, music is a great example of the variety of things that you can buy in a single category. I mean, it can be so overwhelming. Oh, it sure can. I mean, how things are presented are a critical part of the experience. It's really thinking about a choiceful hierarchy for the information on the page and how you want to showcase that information. And typically, you know, at that product level page, we really talk about the triangulation between, you know, the product imagery, which is kind of what you're relying on in that online ecosystem, the description of the product itself, right? Um, You know, okay, these are joggers. Do these joggers have an adjustable waistband, right? (laughs) Is this a, you know, (laughs) is this a pretend tie or does it actually work? Um, Right? What are those things that the consumer might want to know that they can't just, you know, yank on them as they could in the store, right? (laughs) And I think the phrase choiceful hierarchy is helpful here. I mean, when merchants put together a store, they actually create focal points to draw customers in. They make gorgeous window displays, and then they use different lighting and colors throughout the store design to encourage the customer to stay, knowing that if they do, they will probably buy more. Thinking about the product page as a window display that encourages you to keep looking and adding to your cart, it's part of the triangulation. All this reminds me, um, do you remember Layaway? Oh my God, yes. I remember choosing stuff for school and then having the stores put it aside and we would pay it off in a month or so, bring the stuff home. It was like two Christmases. (laughs) (laughs) That it was. Well, the movement towards BNPL reminds me of Layaway. I mean, during times of crisis, people need to feel like that they can have more control over their lives and and finances. Um, BNPL seems like a way that people avoided credit card use while still using credit for what they needed. And actually, PayPal did some research around that. It's a way for customers to take control of their financial health and really stage out purchases with a known and cadenced time period without taking on new credit card debt, which is something that we saw consumers were particularly wanting to avoid during the pandemic as job certainty was unsure. And in fact, we've conducted some research even this year that kind of validates this point. And really, you know, it was saying 76% of buy now, pay later users say it helps them budget and manage their cash flow, which uh, I think is an ideal scenario as far as how it functions. And then 77% of them, so almost the same number, said that buy now, pay later is a way to kind of spread out the cost and then buy a better product. Right. With so many people experiencing and fearing financial distress, using credit cards seemed too risky. So it isn't surprising that reintroducing an e-commerce layaway is popular, but particularly right now, expanding the retail experience to include financing is very much super app thinking. That it is. And another thing about super apps is that they try to encompass your whole life. So a relationship rather than transactions. They try to encourage longer term thinking, And Tiffany talks about that too. 
one of the, the areas of growth that we've seen is just consumers tapping into things like, um, you know, sort of resale sites, right? So kind of upcycling things, whether that's, you know, luxury handbags or, you know, Nike running jackets, right? And I think a lot of that's driven by you know, awareness of environmental impact around purchasing to kind of go back to your point, right? Do I want to get the cheap thing three times or do I want to get the slightly nicer thing one time, right? And that by now pay later becomes a way to sort of say, okay, I don't have to just get the sort of disposable thing now because that's all I can afford. I can get the nicer thing that's going to last me longer and that has sort of, um, you know, ultimately a better impact on the overall you know, world. I definitely think that this is a case where PayPal's leadership by Dan Shulman has taken the company in directions that the company and the society in general can get behind. That's a delicate balance, though. It can't be too far afield, and it needs to be authentic. That it does. I mean, I think the financial inclusion is an area where overlap is the most logical. Um, Tiffany talked about how new technologies like crypto would help with this goal. PayPal's mission is really about democratizing financial services. And I think, you know, crypto, certainly given its borderless nature, is sort of, you know, one more way to create financial inclusion. So um, regardless of, you know, what if people are using it as an asset or as a purchasing tool. Uh, but I think the fact that it's very easy now for consumers to buy and sell crypto within the PayPal app, as well as, you know, our Venmo app, it not only supports our mission, but it really, you know, addresses customer needs um, and allows for, you know, that utility of however you want to use it, right? If you want to sort of say, I'm just going to put this away for 20 years, or I'm going to use it to, you know, when it goes up to, you know, buy, you know, a camera because I'm a professional photographer, right? Um, and it gives also merchants that space to, you know, leverage crypto as well. And because, you know, we're sort of intermediary there, they don't have to worry, you know, so much, but, you know, they just get the funds like any other payment, right? So there's definitely a benefit for the merchants there. So I think it'll be really interesting to see how this continues to play out. But it's really, it's really fun to see people being able to easily engage with it now. So after talking about them launching the super app, we have to talk about the elephant in the room. My grandfather owned four elephants. I'd love an elephant in the room. I wonder if I could buy it with crypto. Well, I guess you can buy almost anything with crypto, but I'm talking about Pinterest. No, yeah, now that PayPal has announced their super app, their announcement that they could be purchasing Pinterest makes a lot of sense. Pinterest, in many ways, is a big mall. Exactly. It is already a place where you put together dream boards and inspiration boards, wish lists, gift ideas, recipes, elephant rooms. <laughs> I'm going to start a Pinterest board on elephant rooms. Just because you said that. <laughs> it already is where communities meet, gossip, share, steal each other's ideas. All the stuff a mall does beyond selling stuff. And it is easy to understand why PayPal would want to be a financial engine and digital wallet to all those places. And because Pinterest is more than stores. I mean, it suits a lot of PayPal's already established communities. Of course, PayPal is one of the the largest digital donation platforms in the world. And, and I think even if you look back at, at last year, for instance, on Giving Tuesday, which is the Tuesday following Thanksgiving um, of last year, we processed $185 million in charitable donations just on that day, which was a 40% increase from 2019. I have to say that when I heard this, I got a little choked up. 
I think we are all really hungry for community and feeling the need to reach out. And it was really nice to see that backed up by PayPal's numbers. I have always suspected that payments can be unifying, and the PayPal Pinterest marriage seems like a very good match on many fronts. We'll definitely be watching it. With our noses to the show window. <laughs> And that is it for this episode of The Money Pot. We'd like to thank Tiffany Raymond from PayPal for being our guest. And we'd also like to thank our on-class clown that reminds us that we just aren't that cool, Roland Bottenham. And we can't wait to see you at the show. We're both about to get on planes to Las Vegas. I hope to see you at the show. And if you like The Money Pot, please leave us a review in iTunes to help others find the show. This podcast will be live in Vegas. So come see us and send pitches to podcast at money2020.com. Thank you for listening. This is Essential. 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 This is Essential Audio.